Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. You know, if you're investing in your own deals, it takes a team. You got to have team members that are worth a damn and can make it happen. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is Max Keller, and Max is a real estate investor, best-selling author, and he's a highly sought-after consultant, speaker, and expert panelist on the topic of lead generation and marketing for real estate investors, a topic that is definitely near and dear to my heart. In just a few short years, Max went from being a full-time high school math teacher to flipping over 100 houses. Max's unique marketing approach landed him on stage with Robert Kiyosaki being presented with the 2019 Industry Innovator of the Year Award. So, well, Max, congrats and happy to have you here today. Yeah, glad to be here. Let's go. Yeah. Well, let's start at the top. You know, let people know a little bit more about who you are and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, it's a, it was kind of a, um, you know, overnight success lifetime in the making, you know, the, the, the more I practice, the luckier I get. I mean, this is business is about work. And, you know, if you're investing in your own deals, it takes a team, got to have team members that are worth a damn and can make it happen. And then the same thing when you're looking at investing in deals, you know, like deals don't just magically come to you. And so nothing does. So what I did was pretty, I had a, just worked at some business jobs, didn't know what I was doing became a math teacher, loved it, felt like I was making a difference. The only problem was, is uh, my pay was kind of low and it was locked in. So I wanted to increase my income. So I was just going to passively invest in real estate. My plan, because I was saving money, my plan was just to keep collecting those 20% down payments and then just get like a rental a year. That way, when I got done teaching, you know, I'd have a little bit of a nest egg, you know, 10, 15 rentals. I wasn't trying to like, you know, take down the whole world. I was just trying to add a little bit. But then I started doing deals. This was 2015. And um, I found that real estate can be a great way to not only increase your passive income, but also your active income. And so, you know, I'm doing these deals and I'm, I'm wholesaling properties in Dallas, Fort Worth. You know, I'm making four months, five months, 10 months of my teacher pay in one deal. And so I'm like, okay, I need to just do this. This is what's best for my family. I think we all go through different stages in life. You know, it's like when I was younger, I just had a couple little kids 
they're like, oh, kids are so expensive. You know, I have, now I have six and I love them. And uh, we have, we have five girls and a boy and, and we had the boy at the end. <laughs> He's just turned three. So, you know, never give up guys. Remember whatever it is you're trying to get. You're <laughs> I, I'm not quite as far on you. I've got two girls and a boy. My last was a boy as well. And he just turned yeah. two. So I, you know, yeah, so I'm only halfway to where you are, but you know, yeah, well, it gets easier, actually. People, it's a real myth. People who have two kids are like, I don't know how you do it. It's like, well, it actually gets easier because the big kids do a lot of stuff and all that. But, uh, but yeah, I just started doing active. And then I, I left my job, um, just went full time. And then basically I was just, I was out, you know, I had an office, a couple of people helping me buy. We're trying to scale it up. And what was happening for us is, you know, by 2017, deals were starting to get harder to come by. I'm sure you've noticed this in the apartment world too. You know, I'm mostly in single family. I've done some mobile home stuff, but uh, it doesn't really matter what the asset class is. I mean, there's just like underlying fundamentals that you want to look for if you're to know it's a good deal and then know you're working with the right borrower. I've actually, I've written a book on this recently. So we'll dive into that, you know, as we have time later on in the show, but yeah, the bottom line is I was doing deals. It was getting harder to find deals. And so here's what I did. And this is just something that maybe can help y'all is uh, tell them from Texas. Cause I say y'all is I just made a list of the type of deals that I actually wanted to do. Like I, I was, I had this mindset for a while. Like I was trying to take down every deal that had a discount. And what I found that works a lot better and the people I invest with, cause I passively invest for my IRA um, the people who have like a, a niche or like a, a pretty specific strategy really dialed in, that is way better than just, man, I'll take whatever's a good deal. You know what I mean? And so, so that's what I did. I just made a list of what was important to me. And for me, what was important and my best customers in the single family world were seniors. You know, they were, they, they had these homes that were in good shape structurally. They just had some, you know, a little bit of cosmetic stuff. They were super nice people to work with. Um, and so I wanted to work with more of them. Also, another thing in my market, and I don't know if you're experiencing this, is like people were paying crazy money for these deals. And my mindset used to be, I got to be the highest price. But then I'm looking back at these deals and I'm working with these seniors on the acquisition side. My offer is five, 10 grand less than other people's offers. These are $130,000 houses. So that's a lot of money. It's not you know a million dollar property but they're still taking my deal. And so I'm asking them why I'm like, I go back, call one of my old sellers. I'm like, did you get 10 grand more from somebody else, but you didn't take it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm glad, but like, why is that? And they said, you know, it's because we trusted you, you know, like the other people were pressuring us. They were trying to use all these hard closing techniques and we just felt comfortable with you. And that's, that was more important to us. So I started to learn about the power of trust. And it was right around this time, I started sourcing more private money for my deals. I saw the same thing with my private money lenders. They weren't sure. A lot of them were in the stock market, and but they didn't want to be there. But they didn't want to just jump right into real estate because it's like, well, how do you pick a good deal? How do you pick a good person? How do you know if this money's even safe? You hear all the bad stories. You don't hear as many of the good ones. And so I was like, how do I serve both of these people better? And so what happened was I was at a home. Uh, motivated seller's house. I helped the sold, bought the dad's house and helped them move into an assisted living facility. And the kids were like all in their fifties, sixties, the adult children. And they're like, you know, you've helped us out a ton. They were like crying. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on. It's, it's upsetting, you know, going, there's, you know, selling the family home, but it had to be done. And this lady goes, you know, you know a lot about this. 
you, you tell I was a teacher, you know, you helped, you taught us a lot of stuff. You should write a book about this. And, you know, I'm dyslexic and I was a math teacher, not an English teacher. So at first I was kind of like, yeah, thank you. That's a great idea. But I'm thinking to myself, that's never going to happen. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, it's actually a pretty good idea. I could take the four hour Q and A that I'm having with these seniors in their living rooms and just write all those answers in a book and give it to them. The book would be 99% about um, them and what they care about and 1% about me. And so I did that. Uh, it took a long, long time, but at the end it was done. So Home to Home, the step-by-step -step senior housing guide and workbook was my first book. And it, it really changed everything from a marketing perspective. I would, um, it made all of my existing marketing better, but then it also opened up some other doors. And so I just started passing it out, you know, giving away as my business card and people really liked it. You know, they felt like the guy who wrote the book, like that's really like this person is taking their business pretty seriously. They were passing it around to their friends. And so once I started having success with the motivated seller book, then I wrote this book, private lender blueprint, because I had private money lenders. They had four hours worth of questions too. And you should. Because if you've worked 30, 40 years to create a nest egg, you don't want to just hand it all over to some smooth talking salesman and, you know, and, and watch your money run out the door. And so it was just like the same thing. My formula is really not complicated. I was like, what are all the questions that these private lenders have? And then we just created content around it. And so I just sign it and I give it to people and they use it. But here's the deal. I can't take down every single family home in America and I don't want to. And I can't, um, I don't need to work with every private lender in the world either. So my real estate friends said, Hey, you're not using your book in Florida. You're not using it in California. Can we use it? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you mean. And then I started to figure out how to do a licensing model. So now we take our content, we change 5% of it. It takes our authors about which are real estate investors, usually about, you know, one to two hours of their time. And in less than 30 days, instead of spending a lot of money or a lot of time writing a book, they've got one of our books and they can pass them out to people and educate. And so, cause we found that educating people is the best way to get a new customer, client, whatever you call them. So that's our strategy in our marketing is we just, we share what we're doing with people, whether it's sellers or whether it's lenders. And then we attract the people to us that, um, you know, raise their hand and want to work with us. And it's, it works really well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good way to approach it, right? You're, you're leading with education. Through the education, yeah. you're building trust and, and you're attracting folks, right? So, so what are some of the things uh, in, in your book, uh, probably especially about the, the one that's more targeted to, to the investor side? What are some of the things that, that, that you teach folks? I mean, give it, walk us through some of the, some of the highlights. Yeah. So I'll tell you something kind of interesting. Sometimes people, you know, my background single family, and sometimes people get a little hung up. They're like, oh, well, I do storage deals. Uh, oh, that won't work for me. I do apartments. And I'm like, uh, okay, hold on just a minute. Like, I, so my friend's a charter member at Family Office Club, you know, an incredible experience. So we went to New York and he brought me along. I felt pretty out of place, but it was amazing. Met two billionaires. It was amazing. And so we're, we're, we're with these families that, you know, they have hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's like the who's who of Wall Street is doing these panels and there's no bathroom breaks. And it's just all day we're at this hotel in Manhattan. And they're talking about, you know, buying office complexes, you know, building the, the family that was sitting next to us built the Hilton in Miami. And it was all cash, you know, like from their family, right? They're from Brazil. And so it was amazing stuff. But here's what was so funny. 
and instructional, I think for y'all is I'm listening to these people talk about these deals and the Wall Street guys are up there and the hedge fund people are up there and they're talking about how they evaluate deals, how they evaluate the borrower, how they collateralize the deal. And I'm thinking, to my, I turned to my, my friend, Dr. Bryant, who invited me and I was like, Dr. Bryant, like 99% of how they're describing how they evaluate these huge deals is the exact same thing that our private lenders do for a little $150,000 house in Halton City. And it's really not that there's nuances with each asset class, but the overall general stuff that you got to get right is, is, does the investment really match what you're trying to do? You know, from a time perspective, from a risk reward perspective, you know, is, is what you're looking at really a good deal? Like, do you know how to evaluate a deal and know, you know, that it's good? And then, you know, is the borrower that you're working with, like somebody you really want to work with, like, have you done your research? Have you asked some questions? So in the book, that's what it goes over. It's like the question, I give people the book and I say, here's, you don't want to get hooked up with the, with the wrong borrower. I'm not saying I'm the perfect borrower for you. Okay. But I have some questions that you can ask and whoever you're interviewing, ask them to me too. And, uh, but it's super important that you get this right. And so I find that people really kind of appreciate, you know, they really appreciate that approach because I'm not just trying to sell them. Too many investors make the mistake of just trying to sell their deals, sell their deals, sell their deals. That's not, people don't like that. It makes some pendulum theory. It makes people swing the other direction. We just say, hey, this is one possibility. These are some other possibilities if you ever looked at those. And then, so just explore. I'm here to answer your questions. And if this one makes sense, just let me know, you know, in a, couple of weeks. And if not, uh, I'll connect you to somebody who is doing what you want to do. That's just a way better way to really build a reputation and get referrals. And like I said, from the private lender perspective, it's not really that complicated. If anybody will put my uh, link to my contact info and for the first, you know, 10 or 15 people, we can't do this all day, but for folks who want a copy of the private lender blueprint and they're in that situation, I'm more than happy to um, get them a copy of it, even if it's digital or whatever. But because it's super important. But yeah, that's um, what are the people looking for? It's don't get hung up on the asset class. Do you know how to evaluate that asset class? Do you understand if that asset class is something that matches your goals? But and then a lot of it comes down to the borrower and its character and its capacity. You know, people don't pay people back for one of two reasons. They don't want to or they can't. And most of the time when somebody can't pay people back, it's not because they don't want to. Those people are out there for sure. I've had a few close misses investing in people. And then I didn't invest with them anymore. Um, it, it does happen. Okay. But, and I'm not above the law and I'm not perfect. And I, you know, everybody, you know, when everybody says, Oh, I'm so honest, I'm so wonderful. It's usually when somebody has to signal that that's actually usually a red flag that something's not right. You know, I remember I called my plumber one time and I'm Christian, whatever book you like is fine. No judgment. But I remember I called my plumber and um, we were trying to get a relationship going private lending wise. And I just happened to mention that I was Christian and he said, Ooh, not good. I'm like, really? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, I play in my Christian band at church, but I'll tell you what, Max, 35 years of experience, nothing can really, nothing can override experience. Check the experience of the person who you're giving money to. And he goes, you know, 35 years, I'd say nine out of 10 people who start telling me that they end up ripping me off. And that might just be his example. And I'm not saying that's the way it is for everybody. But the more you start studying human psychology, that's what con artists do. 
is they is they they project and over project this really positive image to try to let your guard down and they swoop in. So when you guys start your instincts, look, this book can help people. There's other books about how to be a good private lender that are great too. check those out if you don't get a copy of this one, but get one of them, but always trust your instincts. The most powerful thing there is that we have to help us navigate the world of life is the things that are feelings. We can't explain them because that's our, that's our, our subconscious. That's, you know, thousands of years of evolution, keeping us safe. So if you get a bad feeling about somebody, don't go with them. That'd be like my number one tip. Yeah, no, I think that's all great advice. And just, you covered a lot there. So just to to highlight a couple of those things, I mean, I love the idea about like starting with your goals as an investor, understanding what your goals are and making sure that the type of investment that you're going to look for matches those goals, right? Are you, are you seeking cash flow? Are you seeking appreciation? Are you seeking tax benefits? Are Is it shorter term hold, right? Do you want something that's longer term, right? So really understanding those things and then aligning the investment with that. I think that that's a great place to start. Then you mentioned, you know, evaluating the, the sponsor, right? Or the person that you would be giving money to, whether, whether you're lending money and it's debt or whether you're, you're going in and it's equity, right? It's really the same principle. Evaluate the person that you're lending money to. It, it it does. It all starts with that person. No matter how killer amazing their deal is, if they're not a good person, that's not a good investment, right? So I love how you started there. And then you get down to, you know, evaluating the deal. And like I said, don't get caught up on asset class. I think each asset class has its unique, unique fundamentals and its, and its unique pieces. But at the end of the day, there are common things that you need to understand, right? You need to know how to evaluate a market how to evaluate the submarket, the neighborhood, right? And then how to evaluate the deal and what are what are the things that are going to make and break your deal and your in the particular type of deal that you're looking at. And those things will be different, but you know, is there job growth? Is there pop, is there population growth, right? Are there is it in an area that people want to be, right? Those are some places to start, but it sounds like you're hitting on all those things in the book and so I just wanted to call those out to folks as as some highlights. And I didn't, I didn't properly, I don't think, dive into this enough. So just for 30 seconds, most, and I might've already said it, but that's okay. Repetition, that's good. That's how we learn, you know, seven times to remember it. And so um, if, if somebody doesn't pay, which is obviously what we want to avoid when we're working in a deal and not getting our money back, we want return of, on our, on our principal, but we want return of principal too. And so if it's because somebody doesn't want to pay or because they don't have the capacity the reason that most people don't pay is capacity. It's not because they don't want to. It's because they get something changes in the deal. Something, you know, when any, anytime something goes wrong, one of two things happen. Either something happened that we didn't expect or something that we expected to happen didn't happen. That's it. Those are the only two things. And so, so why that's important for a private lender is about making sure that the, it's a good deal, there's enough room, there's enough margin, so that the, the borrower, the sponsor is putting the odds in your favor. You know, one of the things that we do, I think a good job of, is we put, you know, backup strategies, backup exits uh, for our property deals. And if I think talking that way from the very beginning about what happens if something goes sideways is super important um, because, I mean, it just, that's like just a fact of life and it's, it's an investment for a reason. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know a way to make something a hundred percent 
safe and secure. Those are words that the SEC would, you know, not want you to say anyways, even with a PPM, you just can't say that kind of stuff. Cause I mean, you're not, you can't, I don't know what you can guarantee in life. I mean, things happen, but I'm all about just putting the odds in, in, um, in our, in our people's favor. And you can do that as a private lender by just educating yourself and getting up on this stuff and, um, and knowing what questions to ask and, That'll, that'll go a long way. It's like anything else. You just, you get what you put in. And that's one of the, that's one of the dangers of this word passive. People think it's people go out and gurus sell mailbox money. That's crap. That's not true. Everything is work. Is it, is it a very high effort to return ratio per hour to lend money or participate in a deal? Absolutely. But it still takes oversight. It still takes some management. It's not just, you know, I'll just put your feet up and everything's going to be fine. You got to stay with the deal and track it. So just keep that in mind too, because that a lot of times the easy button gets thrown around and I think it, it's a real disservice to the people that um, are affected by it. What is, what's the one question, uh, if, if you only had one question that, that folks should be asking that deal sponsor? Yeah, the number one question is, what happens if something goes wrong? I know that we have a plan, but plans change because plans are actually worthless. This is what Eisenhower said, pretty smart guy, but planning is invaluable. So great. We've done planning. What happens if plans change? What's, what's plan B? What's plan C? Just see what they say. And if they have no clue what you just said, that's a big problem. And if they're like, okay, we're going to do this. Then we do this. Then we do that. Then we've kind of vetted out okay, this is a person who's either been there before or they've really thought through this. So when something changes, because it always does, you're going to have a little le- extra layer of protection. The normal questions are fine too. You know, how many deals? What have you done? But, you know, there's people who've done a lot of deals that are scum and there's people who are on their first deal and they're just absolute superstars. When I was in the teaching world, there's people there, no offense. They were there 20, 30 years. They, they were doing a disservice to the kids. It's just too hard, hard to fire people. It's a shame. It's a crime. And then people like me who took it real seriously, I was up there till 11, you know, when the janitors were kicking me out. Um, That's the kind of person you want on your deals. And you can kind of figure those out. If they're signaling Lambos and all of this garbage crap, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fake hocus pocus. Look, just feel the authenticity, feel the intentions. And if, because you can tell when somebody's being authentic, that's who you want to work with because if somebody's not being authentic, you can't tell if what they're saying is true or not. You don't want to work with somebody like that. So just look for authenticity because character doesn't change. Skills change. People can go get extra consultants on their team to shore up some stuff, but somebody's character is pretty much locked in at some point. So check that out. And that's one of the sections in our book. It's really important. Yeah. hundred percent. Agree. Awesome. Well, Max, what are you most proud of in your career? Um, well, I think elevating the mission above me, which was a very tough step. You know, I grew up reading the business page, Dallas Morning News. I, I, would, I had a little briefcase. Like I wanted to be like Charlie Sheen in the movie Wall Street. I wanted to be a stockbroker. And, but it was all about me for a long, long time. And I was a matcher, 100%. I mean, I, I thought it was like a badge of honor. I was like so calculating and so strategic. And, you know, that helps in the business world. But um, people, people don't want to work with those folks. And, uh, and so, you know, because there's three kinds of people. There's takers, there's matchers, and there's givers. 
And so a taker takes stuff from you, they don't give a crap about you. A matcher is like, I'll do this if you do that. And that's what most people are, right? And then giver just gives and they don't, they don't want anything in return. And so what, what I'm most proud of professionally is when I wasn't happy doing business, I made the leap. My wife's a teacher. I became a teacher, changed my whole life because I, I was working with these kids who they were two years behind. They didn't have food in their fridge. They needed somebody to help them. And so my mindset was just, how do I help these kids? How do I help these kids? It, I wasn't thinking about myself. And when I, I got as much. And so when I, when I, so that really changed like the way I feel about everything. And when I got into real estate, creating that book, seeing the need, because look, if you're, if you're listening to this show, you have assets, you probably have a CPA, you probably have an attorney, but there's a, most people out there, you know, Mavis who drives a, a bus in, in a school district in our area, she's got a little teacher, a little bus, you know, school district pension to live off of. She's got uh, social security and that's it. And they don't, these folks don't have all of these resources and they need help. And so I feel really good about taking what we do was making a lot of money just doing normal investing. But when we elevated the mission and said, we want to get our senior housing book to a million seniors and their families, even if we don't do business with them and really focused on like having a bigger purpose than just us, that's when the real success came in. And so if anybody isn't where they want to be in whatever part of life, I would encourage you to do that. It seems counterintuitive. You're like, okay, I'm going to get more stuff by focusing on me less. Yeah. Because when it was just like, hey, who wants to help Max get rich? Uh, the line was pretty short. But I was like, who wants to help us educate a million senior homeowners so that they don't sell their house to a scoundrel? Uh, a lot of people. We have over 100 people that license our content. And they're in living rooms right now in their local market my workbook and they're teaching a family who's going through a tough time. So that's by far the, because helping people is way more important than making money by far. If you haven't, if you've never taken the journey of helping people. It's just always been about you. I just say, just try it before you die, tip your toes in. Cause it feels, it feels amazing. And I just think we're, we're here for more than just ourselves. And that's what I would encourage people to consider. Yeah. I love that. No, it's uh, <clears throat> it's interesting. I mean, I, I, just have to share, I went through a really similar journey. It's like, it starts out about how do you, you know, apartments were a great way to make, make a lot of money. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and then what I realized uh, just going through this process over the past few years is, you know, that that's, that is all well and good, but it, but it is, it is hollow to a certain extent. And what I really got excited about, excited about was when I realized that, that not only could I make a lot of money, but I could make a lot of money for the people around me too. That like you said, you know, a lot of these people don't have those opportunities. And to be mm -hmm. able to bring that to my network and kind of bring everybody along. I mean, that was, that was yeah. exciting. And that's why I do the podcast and these things too. It's kind of that, right. that way to give back now. And, and I agree with you. It feels great. It, it, it's much more personally satisfying, you know, when, mm -hmm. when you get those, those letters or those, those emails from folks about, oh man, you, you know, I learned this and, and was able to avoid that stuff. It's, that's awesome. So I get it. And, and that is, that that's awesome. And uh, that's uh yeah, I commend you for that, for, for helping so many folks. So yes. uh, I know we've talked a lot about, about your book and, and you've got several books, but if there was one book you'd recommend people read, what, what book is that? Um, well, gosh, I don't know. That's a good question. It kind of depends on your goals. And I read real strategically. Um, here's one book that I just finished recently that I love a lot. It's called uh, It Takes What It Takes. Have you read this one? 
Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, Russell Wilson writes the forward, and it's how to think neutrally and gain control of your life. And I thought that a lot of these mindset books was kind of mumbo jumbo until COVID hit. And I was realizing that I was trying to just like in my life, I was able to get everything I kind of wanted by effort, you know, because a lot of people, they talk big game, but they're not doing the work. And so I just do the work, do the work, do the work. But then when COVID came and the deal flow kind of slowed down a little bit, you know, compared to what I was used to, I was like, you know, there's something else at play here because we have great dialed in systems, but I'm not getting, you know, the, the level of production that I expected. And when I read this book, I was like, there's another piece. And it was the mental piece. And, and this book does an amazing job of teaching people how to stay in a neutral mindset, which allows us to really, um, you know, handle adversity a lot better because it's going to come up in deals. It's going to come up in anything. And uh, so that's a really good one. I mean, the one thing is a really good book. Obviously, if you have Essentialism for Busy People, that's an amazing book. Deep Work used to be my favorite book by Cal Newport. And that's, so if you're, that's an amazing one, but, um, I read a lot and, um, I, I think it's super, super valuable and, and, uh, but those are some that come to mind. Yeah. Awesome. No, great books to share. And then lastly, Max, what is your number one key to success? Uh, just helping people because folks don't want a sales pitch. They don't care about your, what, you know, negotiation camp you just went to and what all of your sales techniques they just want somebody who's really looking out for them too. And so the, that's really the key to success. I don't try to work with everybody and I don't do it like in an arrogant way. I'm just like, you know, these are the people that are good for our different businesses. These are the people who aren't a good fit. And then um, I'll tell you what, I'll give, I'll give you an example. I had a guy call me uh, maybe two days ago. He had saw some of our training and he just, it, he wasn't qualified for what we're doing. It was just totally not a fit. But I'm like, you know, and it was almost like so not a fit. I was almost thinking, you know, I was almost kind of rude for you to like fill out this application and like even waste my time. I felt a little bit like my time was wasted. But then I was like, Max, my wife always says, don't think worst case, think best case. And I'm like, OK, so I'm like, OK, this guy, you know, he's a real person. You know, the people on our list, it's not just a number. It's a real person. So I just tell him, hey, I don't think you're a fit for what we're doing but I really do appreciate you, you know, calling and, and giving me some feedback on that. And here's my email address. And when you check out our book, you know, I'd love your feedback. So I feel like it's about not judging other people and just um, what helps me is just, just trying to look at each person as a person equal, right. And um, just listen to them and try to help them. Cause I think if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Not great advice. And last, so Max, how can folks get a hold of you uh, if they want to learn more about, about all it is that you're doing? Yeah, so our brand is uh, dealschasingyou.com. And if you go to dealschasingyou.com forward slash R-I-T-T-E-R, we'll put a link to, um, uh, we have a, a new book that's out, which is the Real Estate Investors Book Writing Checklist. And it breaks down if somebody wants is, you know, in, in, and it works for anything. It works for social media posts an ebook. If you're a dentist or a doctor or a lawyer, you're in a high margin industry like real estate, and you don't have a book to position yourself as an expert, even if it's just an ebook, you're, you're, you're basically not taking advantage of one of the biggest superpowers we have in marketing. And so this book will teach you whether you want to write a book or an ebook, or just have some social media articles that convert better. This is like the five-step process that we use for every book that we write, every blog post that we write. 
because content is important in every business. And so you can check that out. And then here's what I'll do to make it simple. When you download the book, you'll get my email address. And then if you want to get a copy of the uh, private lender blueprint, then just email me. Okay. And then I'll, I'll uh, have my assistant get you a copy of it. That's, that's what I'll do for your audience for the first, you know, 10 or 15 people that do that. Awesome. Sound good? Yeah, that's great, Max. Appreciate you just continuing to give. And uh, I, I know that people will take you up on that. I'm, I'm going to have to check out that book myself because I don't have a book. Sounds like I need one. Well, it's an option. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if, if you want, if you're answering people's questions a lot, any time, here's how I figure this out. I'll go, I will go real quick. So here's what I noticed. I taught algebra all day and I never learned more. I mean, it's like going to the military. Like it's so structured. I have ADHD. You got to have structure to really be, you know, help. And it was a beautiful thing. I learned the power of organization and I taught kids in the morning algebra that were ninth graders that were like two years behind and they had no food in the fridge. You know, some of them had multiple kids. So we had a lot in common. And, um, and so those folks had huge educational gaps. Then in the afternoon, I taught the pre-AP eighth graders that were going to Vanderbilt and they were on the medical school track. And the education gap there wasn't as big. And what I noticed was, is that when there's huge education gaps and there's a huge knowledge gap, that's a great opportunity, obviously to educate. And when you do, like when I help the pre-AP kids go from 90 to 98, uh, there wasn't, a, there, I mean, they were happy, but there wasn't a ton of love. But when I help the kid who never passed their, their star test, their exit test and go and had no confidence on day one, and then they passed. And one of our, one of our people never passed for eight years. And then in ninth grade, she passed and was one question away from commended. She's crying. Like, you know, me and that person, like, I mean, we still see each other at the grocery store. She's older now she's in her twenties. So when there's a big gap like that, and you can come in and fill the education gap, the people really, really love you. And they really, really want to work with you. So if you're in a business where your folks are asking a lot of questions and there's big education gaps, a book is an incredible way to fill the gaps very efficiently, very scalable. But when you give somebody a book, they never throw it away. It's not like a business card that goes in the trash. And they, they look at you different. They look at you as the expert, the authority. So it's a real superpower in, the, in, the, in just positioning and the level of respect that you get with your clients. And so it just makes business easier to do. So those are some of the many reasons that I like it. Awesome. Now it makes a ton of sense, man. I love that analogy as well. I think that really hits home. Well, Max, thank you so much for coming on today and, and creating so much value for our listeners. It was a blast and uh, wish you all the best success. You too. Bye everybody. Commend you. Keep listening to the show. Very smart to do that. Max Keller signing off. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.